Essentials of Islam 1. With the aid of Allah Ta'ala, who keeps all creatures in existence every moment, who is always omnipresent and overseeing, and gives all the favors and gifts, now we begin to explain the blessed utterance of our Prophet Our beloved superior Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab, who was a heroic leader of Muslims, one of the highest of the Prophet's companions, and was famous for his truthfulness, stated, It was such a day that a few of us, the companions, were in the presence and service of Rasulullah That day, that hour was so blessed, so valuable, a day that one could hardly have the chance to live it once again. On that day, it fell to his lot to be honored with the being in the Prophet's company near him and to see his blessed face, which was food for spirits and pleasure and comfort for souls. To emphasize the value and honor of that day, he said, It was such a day. Could there be another time as honorable and valuable as one at which it falls to one's lot to see Jibrail, Archangel, Gabriel, in the guise of a human being, to hear his voice and hear the knowledge men need as beautifully and clearly as possible through the blessed mouth of Rasulullah At that hour, a man came near us like the rising of a full moon. His clothes were extremely white, his hair was very black. Signs of travel, such as dust and perspiration, were not seen on him. None of us among the Sahaba of the Prophet ﷺ recognized him. That is, he was not one of the people we had seen or known before. He sat down in the presence of Rasulullah ﷺ. He placed his knees near the Prophet's blessed knees. This person, in the guise of a human figure, was the angel named Jabrail. Although his way of sitting seems to be incompatible with manners, adab, it showed us a very important fact in learning religious knowledge. Shyness has no place, nor does pride or arrogance become a master. Hazrat Jabrail, with this behavior, wanted to show the Sahaba that everybody should ask what he wanted to know about Islam freely from teachers without feeling shy, for there should not be shyness in learning Islam or embarrassment in performing, teaching, or learning one's duties towards Allah Ta'ala. That noble person put his hands on Rasulullah blessed knees. He asked Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, tell me what Islam is and how to be a Muslim. Lexical meaning of Islam is to surrender in submission. Rasulullah explained that the word Islam was the name of, the group of, Five basic essentials in the religion of Islam, which are 1. Rasulullah said that the first of the essentials of Islam was to say the kalimat al-shahada, that is, one should say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. In other words, a sane person who has reached the age of puberty and who can talk has to say, On the earth or in the sky, there is nothing nor anyone but Allah Ta'ala who has the right to be worshipped and who is worthy of deifying. The real deity is Allah Ta'ala alone. He is the wajib al-wujud. Every kind of superiority exists in him. No defect exists in him. His name, 
is Allah, and to believe in this absolutely with all their heart. Also, one should say and believe, the most noble person named Muhammad ibn Abdullah, who had a face that was rosy in appearance, white-reddish, bright and lovely, with black eyes and brows, a blessed wide forehead and beautiful manners, whose shadow never fell on the ground, who was soft-spoken and was called Arab because he had been born in Mecca of Hashemite descent, is the human being and messenger sent by Allah Ta'ala. The Prophet's mother was Hazrat Amina bint, daughter of Wahab. His birth in Mecca honored the world at the dawn of Monday, April 20, in the Gregorian year 571. When he was 40, he was informed that he was the Prophet. Monday, Ramadan 17, 610. That was named the year of Bitha, a Prophet's being sent for calling people to the right path. After this, he invited people to Islam in Mecca for 13 years. Then he migrated the Hijrat, Hagira, to Medina on the command of Allah Ta'ala. From there, he spread Islam everywhere. Ten years after the Hijrat, he passed away in Medina in July 632 on Monday 12, Rabiul Awal. Footnote. According to historians, the Prophet entered the cave at the Saur Mountain towards evening on Thursday 27th of the month Safar in the Gregorian year 622. During his migration, the Hijrat, from Al-Makkah al-Mukarramah to Al-Madinat al-Munawwara, he left the cave on Monday night and entered Kuba, a regional district near Medina, on Monday 8th of the month Rabiul Awal. 20th of September in Gregorian calendar and 7th of September in Julian calendar. This happy day became the beginning of Muslims' Hijri of the Hijrat, Shamsi solar calendar. The beginning of the Hijri Shamsi calendar adopted by the Shiites had been six months earlier than this. That is, it starts with the Nauru's festival of the Majusi disbelievers, fire worshippers, on March 20. The Prophet stayed at Kuba until Thursday, when duration of the day was equal to that of the night all over the world, and left that district on Friday, entering Medina the same day. The outset of the month of Muharram in the same year, Friday, 16th of July, was accepted as the beginning of Hijri Kamari, lunar calendar. The Hijri Shamsi year in which a Gregorian year starts is 622 years less than that Gregorian New Year, and the Gregorian year in which a Hijri Shamsi year starts is 621 years more than that Hijri Shamsi New Year. 2. The second of five essentials of Islam is to perform Salat, ritual prayers, in due course, five times daily, fulfilling its conditions and fards. It is fard for every Muslim to know its due time and perform salat five times every day. By following calendars that are wrongly prepared by ignorant or non-madhabi, one who does not follow one of the four madhabs, non-Sunni, people, performing a salat before its prescribed time is a grave sin, and this salat is not valid. This also causes the initial sunnah, salat of the noon prayer, and the fard, salat of the evening prayer, to be performed within the time of karaha, periods of time in which performing salat is sinful. Time for a salat is understood by the muazzins, 
person calling Muslims to Salat, calling the Azan, call to Salat, the voices of disbelievers and people of Bid'ah, and the sounds of the instruments like loudspeakers are not called the Azan al-Muhammadi, call to Salat for Muslims. Salat has to be performed paying attention to its fard, wajib, and sunnah, the various rules within any Salat. Before its prescribed time is over, submitting the heart to Allah Ta'ala. In the Qur'an al-Kareem, ritual prayers are called Salat, which means man's praying, angels making istighfar, seeking Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, and Allah Ta'ala showing compassion. In Islam, Salat means to do certain actions and to recite certain things as written in the books of Ilm al-Hal. Salat is started with the Takbir al-Iftitah, by saying the words, Allahu Akbar. For men, after raising the hands up to the ears and completed, while clasping the hands under the navel, and for women, after raising the hands up to the level of the shoulders and completed as they are placed over the breasts. It ends with the salams being given both when turning the head to the right and to the left shoulders at the end of the last sitting posture. 3. The third of the five essentials of Islam is to give zakat for one's property. The lexical meaning of zakat is purity, to praise, and become good and beautiful. In Islam, zakat means, for a person who has property of zakat more than one needs and exceeding the certain amount called nisab, to separate a certain amount of one's property and give it to those Muslims defined in the Qur'an al-Karim without embarrassing them. Zakat is given to seven kinds of people. There are four types of zakat in all four madhabs. The zakat of gold and silver, the zakat of commercial goods, the zakat of four-legged stock animals that graze in the fields for more than half a year, and the zakat of all kinds of crops obtained from the soil. This fourth type of zakat, called ushr, is paid as soon as the crop is harvested. The other three are paid one year after they reach the amount of nisab. 4. Islam's fourth essential is to fast every day of the month of Ramadan. Fasting is called saum. Saum means to protect something against something else. In Islam, saum means to protect oneself against three things during the days of the month of Ramadan as they were commanded by Allah Ta'ala, eating, drinking, and sexual intercourse. The month of Ramadan begins upon seeing the new moon on the western horizon. It may not begin at the time calculated in the calendars. 5. Islam's fifth essential is for the able person to perform the Hajj, pilgrimage, once in their life. For an able person who has money enough for going to and coming back from the city of Mecca, including an amount of sufficient for the subsistence of the family they leave behind until they come back. It is fard once in their lifetime to perform tawaf around the Kaaba and to perform waqfa on the plain of Arafat, provided that the way is safe and their body is healthy. Upon hearing these answers from Rasulullah sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wasallam, that person said, O oh Rasulullah, you have told the truth. Hazrat Umar radiallahu an said that the Sahabis who were present were astonished at the behavior of this person who asked a question and confirmed that the answer was correct. One asks with a view to learning what one does not know, but to say you have told the truth indicates that one already knows it. The highest of the five essentials listed above is to say the kalmat al-shahada and believe its meaning. The next highest is to perform salat. Next to this is to fast. Then comes hajj. The last one is to give zakat. 
It is unanimously certain that the Kalimata Shahada is the highest. Regarding the sequence of the other four, most Islamic scholars said the same as we have said above. The Kalimata Shahada became fard firstly in the beginning of Islam. Salat, five times daily, became fard during the Miraj, see page 41, in the twelfth year of Bitha, a year and some months before the Hijrat. Fasting during Ramadan became fard in the month of Shaban, the second year of the Hijrat. Paying zakat became fard in the month of Ramadan, in the same year when fasting became fard. Hajj became fard the ninth year of the Hijrat. If a person denies, disbelieves, refuses, makes fun of, or disregards one of these five essentials of Islam, they become an unbeliever. May Allah Ta'ala protect us. Similarly, he who does not accept any of the things which are unanimously and clearly declared to be halal, permitted, or haram, forbidden, or who says halal about haram or haram about halal, becomes a disbeliever. If a person denies or dislikes one of the inevitably known Islamic teachings, that is, teachings that are heard and known even by ignorant people that live in Muslim countries, they become a disbeliever. Footnote. For example, eating pork, having alcoholic drinks, gambling, and for a woman or girl, showing herself to others with nothing to cover her head, hair, arms, and legs, and for a man, showing himself to others without covering the part between the knees and the navel, are all haram. That is, Allah Ta'ala has forbidden these acts. The four right madhabs, which explain the commands and prohibitions of Allah Ta'ala, described differently the awrat parts of the male body that are haram to look at or to show to others. It is fard for every Muslim to cover those parts of the body described by the madhab he belongs to. It is haram for others to look at those who have not covered these parts of their bodies. It is written in Kimya al-Sa'ada, that it is haram for women and girls to go out without covering their heads, hair, arms, legs, and it is also haram to go out with thin, ornamented, tight and perfume-scented dresses. Their mothers, fathers, husbands, and brothers who give permission, consent, and approval to their going out as such will share the sin and penalty, adhab, that is, they will burn in hell altogether. If they repent, they will be forgiven and will not be burned. Allah Ta'ala likes those who repent. In the third year of the Hijrat, sane girls who had reached the age of puberty and women were ordered not to show themselves to those men that are not forbidden to be married to, namahrem, men. We should not believe the claim of British spies and those ignorant people who have been duped by them that the revelation of the ayat about veiling, hijab, was an evidence that the commandment to veil was later fabricated by scholars of Islamic science, fuqah. A person who says that they are a Muslim has to know whether everything they will do is compatible with Islam or not. If they do not know, then they have to learn by asking one of the scholars of Ahl sunnah or by reading their books. If what they do is not compatible with Islam, they will not escape from sin or disbelief. They have to truly repent every day. The sin or disbelief of which is repented will definitely be forgiven. If they do not repent, they will pay for it in the world and in hell. Such punishments are written in various parts of our book. The Muslim who has committed a grave sin will be taken out of hell after being burned as much as the punishment for that sin is. Those who do not believe in Allah Ta'ala and disbelievers who try to destroy Islam 
Zindiks, will burn in hell eternally. Parts of the body that men and women are to cover during Salat or at any place are called Aurat, intimate areas. It is haram to display one's Aurat areas or to look at others' Aurat areas. If a person says that there is no concept with the name of Aurat in Islam, he becomes an unbeliever. If a person says halal about or does not pay due importance to, that is, does not fear of prescribed penalty, adhab, for displaying or looking at an area, which is awrat according to unanimity, ijma, which means it is in accordance with all four of the madhabs, he becomes an unbeliever. As such is women's displaying their awrat areas, or singing or reciting mawlid, celebration of Prophet Muhammad's salam, birthday among men. In the Hanbali madhab, the area between the groin and the knees of the male body is not awrat. A person who says he is Muslim has to learn and pay due importance to the essentials of Iman and Islam in addition to those commandments, fard, and prohibitions, haram, that were reported unanimously by the four madhabs. Being unaware is not a valid excuse and is identical to disbelief despite being aware. The female bodily exterior with the exception of her hands and face, is awrat according to all four madhabs. If a person, out of not paying due importance, exposes a region of their body that is awrat without unanimity, that is, not awrat in one of the other three madhabs, he will not become an unbeliever, but it is a grave sin according to the madhab he follows. An example of this is a man's exposing his thighs, the part between the groins and the knees. It is fard to learn what one does not know. As soon as one learns, one must repent and cover oneself. Lying, gossip, backbiting, slander, theft, cheating, treachery, hurting someone's feelings, mischief-making, using someone's property without permission, not paying a laborer's or porter's due, rebellion, that is, opposing the laws and the government's orders, and not paying taxes are sins too. Committing them against disbelievers or in non-Muslim countries is haram as well. It is not unbelief, kufr, but sin, fusk, for non-educated people not to know the teachings that are not so widespread or indispensable for non-educated people to know.